Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, Commanders fans? Welcome into the Believe in Commanders podcast. As always, I am Brian Murphy, joined by my guy, A.A. Anthony Armstrong. Anthony, how are you doing on this fine Thursday night? I am good, man. I got a lot of sleep last night. I got a little, um, little uh, Terramana and Yako in the glass right here. So shout out to The Rock. Like I said, we always looking for some sponsors, yeah. right? So shout out to The Rock. We'd love to have him uh, come on the pod. He got the XFL coming out. Yeah. Maybe it makes a little sense. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going with the uh, the water out of a Camelback uh, bottle. So that's the the <laughs> drink I'm sipping on. Um, so I mentioned that it's Thursday night because we know that it's timely with training camp starting. So whenever you're listening to this, know that we're we're only two days into training camp at at this point. So bear with us if anything changes and all that. Um, but so what are your thoughts? Two days into training camp so far, from what you've read, what you've seen what you've heard on Twitter, your overall thoughts so far two days into Commander's Training Camp. Um, I'm overall pretty excited about what, what you've read. Had a couple of surprises, um, you know, a couple of injuries, a, you know, a retirement happened today. Yeah. And Antonio Gandy-Golden, that kind of caught me off guard. But, um, you know, just I'm happy for him to be able to make that decision and, and go on and wish him luck moving forward. Uh, Antonio Gibson being injured, um, and not participating was kind of a surprise. Uh, but when you see it was from a hamstring, and I've had hamstring issues, I know that those can linger if you don't treat them right. Um, mm-hmm. And as long as this season is, we've spoken about it before, Washington doesn't have a bye week until four, week 14. Sure. So, you know, if you rush him out now, you could end up having another just overall lingering hamstring thing. So, um, those two things really jump out, but hearing a lot of good news about Carson Wentz, so that's very exciting. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was seeing a couple of deep bombs or hearing about a couple of deep bombs to both Terry and Jahan Dotson, which gets me so excited. I feel like, you know, I, I'm I'm racking my brain really quick, but I can't think of many deep plays over the last couple of years, and so just the thought of that happening and that showing up in this offense is getting me really excited. But you're right, Antonio Gibson being out was kind of a a shocker and then Antonio Gandy Golden you wish him all the best but it is crazy that you know he was just drafted in 2020 so that's still kind of surprising so a couple of surprises there on the offensive side of the ball on the defensive side of the ball it sounds like Benjamin St. Juice is making a name for himself it sounds like Jamin Davis is it's only two days in but maybe is a step or two behind so that'll be that'll be worth monitoring but overall it sounds like a pretty solid start to camp for the commanders yeah, there shouldn't be too shouldn't be too much uh, negative going on right now. I mean, obviously defenses are going to start out fast. You know, they, there's no pads on. Oh, linemen can't hold. And, and yes, I'm saying hold because it happens on every play, right? But they have right. to be able to get their hands inside and grab onto those pads. And there's nothing but jerseys on. They look like bobbleheads with those big, uh, big old extra protective things on their helmet right now. So. Uh, what you see now is is definitely not what you're going to get in the coming weeks as the pads go on, um, but you know it's it's an exciting start. There's nothing nothing too catastrophic, and and you're just going to see things move forward. I did see the clip, one of the clips of uh, Jahan catching the pass from Carson yes. down the left sideline. It was a hell of a catch, man. Yeah, like basket right over the shoulder. I mean, St. Juice was in good position, uh, but what that shows me is that Jahan is coached really well. 
Um, he was able to hold that hold hold the position on the DB to make sure the ball could drop in there without without it getting broken up and intercepted. So I'm excited to see those two connect the rest throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, seeing Jahan do that, it kind of reminded me of Terry. Just some of the ways that he comes down with the ball, he positions his body perfectly to come down with it. And yeah, I can't help but get excited. I know they're just in shorts and it's day two, but. I'm just excited, and I'm just excited to see football, like real football. We're not talking about, uh, you know, there is off-the-field stuff when we get that, but just seeing the guys out there practicing, getting ready for the real thing, it gets me so excited. And, you know, I know I'm preaching to the choir and you, Anthony, but just, just seeing real football means a whole lot to me and means that the fall is coming and the season's coming. And the temperatures are going to go down. It's like yes. 155 in Texas right now. It is ridiculous. There's like literally backyards are just randomly starting on fire. Not mine, Jeez. but I saw it on the on the old on the old Instagram somewhere. Yeah, I'm definitely ready for it to cool down. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about training camp. We have Pete Haley joining us from NBC Sports Washington later in the show. So we're going to get some in-depth notes and nuggets from a guy who has been out there these first couple of days, what his thoughts are and all of that. So I'm excited to talk to Pete here in a little bit. So one thing we wanted to touch on, kind of pivot there, uh, you know, off the field, but in a fun way, is we're seeing different helmets coming out, it seems like, every hour. Uh, depending on the, the, the time of day. Uh, the NFL is obviously relaxing its one helmet rule, so a bunch of teams are taking advantage of that. And I thought that, Anthony, you and I, we've been talking about it all week. I think we have some differing opinions on these things as well, which I love the debate. Um, but we're going to talk about these helmets and some of the helmets that we have seen out there. First off, what's your thought on the on the rule to have more than one helmet? What was it like when you were playing and, and just your overall thoughts on that? So I, I love the rule. I love the parody in it. Um, I think I think the reason that they went with the single helmet rule, it was right around that time that it was, you know, the big talk about the concussions. And, and the, I guess the league felt it would be safer to just say, hey, you wear one bucket on your head. You're not going to be changing, you know, so we can't put any blame on anything else. Um, but when you look at it, man, it's just some paint, you know. I mean, you can get another helmet, but I, I love that they're allowing some different helmets to go on. I mean, I think whenever you're playing Madden, um, I got a friend of mine, shout out to Billy. He, he picks teams based on how many jersey combinations they have. There we right? go. <laughs> you know, he wants to have the different jerseys and, and different, different color schemes. Even if they don't match, he likes to put them out there. So um, it's, it's fun. There's a few of them that, I, that I, I'm, I'm kind of impressed by. And, there's, and then there's some others that I feel are kind of meh. Yeah, I agree. So I think instead maybe of going, you know, five down to one or anything like that, why don't we just kind of run through all of these and why don't we give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, or, you know, I hate it or I love it or however we want to rank this. How does that sound? Sounds good by me. Let's do it. All right. I'm just going to start here with the Bengals. So the Bengals unveiled a white helmet uh, with black uh, stripes on it. So it's their traditional helmet, just no orange. So um, if you haven't seen it, go check that out. But what are your thoughts on the Bengals' white striped, uh, or you know, white helmet with the black stripes? I think they call that the white tiger or something yes. like that. It's uh, eh, I mean, it it doesn't really jump, do anything for me. I, to be honest, it's just it's just a black and white helmet. You know, um, I like the creativity. I do like the fact that. Um, you kind of get a little what's the what's the, what's the guys that were in vegas that had the tiger oh yeah um 
was that Siegfried and Roy? Was that yes, those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Had, you know, big like white Siberian tiger. Like it gives me one of those vibes, right. you know. Um, but overall, it doesn't really impress me that much. So I would I would pass on that one. I agree. I'm seeing a lot of people that love this helmet. To me, it looks like they just kind of ran, like you say, out of paint. It was like a coloring book that hasn't been colored in yet. I'm just underwhelmed by it. I think, you know, maybe maybe some of these helmets are going to look better with the jersey combo. But right now, a white helmet with black stripes sitting there just doesn't do it for me. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thumbs down on that one right now. Um, so the, the list I got, I'm going to just keep going here. We got the Giants. They are bringing back one of their classic helmets. It's their traditional uh, blue. It actually kind of looks a little bit darker than the blue they've been wearing, but it just says Giants on the side. Um, they unveiled, I think, kind of a throwback jersey to go with this. What are your thoughts on the division rivals, uh, Giants, and just the Giants on the side of the helmet? Can't cheer for those guys. I, I, I mean, I, I could say it does, it does give you those – you're looking at a picture now and you know it gives you those old old school you know vibes um it's it's i give it a b you know i give it a b because they they really are just like hey remember what we used to do let's let's bring this back out so maybe they maybe it helps them get a get an extra win or two i don't know but um i give it a b i'll rank it higher than the white tiger helmet just because at least it has something to it um i I do like the giants uh, on on the side of the helmet but looking at the picture, it, like it doesn't match the jersey though. I mm-hmm. feel like the jersey should be that same dark, like almost navy blue, rather than the blight. Uh, blight that means bright, mm-hmm. light, royal <laughs> blue. <laughs> okay, so I'm combining those words. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, trademark that blight. Blight. That is a I like kind it. combination. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I'm a I'm a sucker for throwbacks. So even though they're they're the hated rival, I kind of like it. I kind of like just the simple um look that they're going with what i don't like is they think they can roll it out on december 4th against the commander so i I don't appreciate when a team thinks they can go all alternate on you because it kind of feels like they're they're to me it kind of feels like they're treating you like their homecoming game and i feel like that's that's disrespectful and so for that it knocks it down a couple of notches but the non-biased side of me does kind of like the the throwback giants on the side there I can take that. I mean, maybe if they went with like a red jersey in that helmet, you know, kind of a like a a, a new age meets the old school type yeah. of a vibe, right? That could have been yeah. something. All um, right. All right. Going going on uh, to this one. This one hits home literally for me, and it's the Dirty Birds. They are bringing back their red helmet with the old school falcon on the side. Anthony, what are your thoughts on the Dirty Bird and the Falcons bringing back that red helmet? I'm a big fan. I give this Me one an A too. plus for the A. Um, the the highlight for me, it's very subtle. It's the gold stripe that's alongside the helm, the 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 stripe that goes down the middle, right on the edge. There's two really thin. Oh yeah, gold I see stripes. that. Good call. Very subtle, and I was like, oh, okay. So uh, you know, I'm thinking as a player, um, you know, I when I played, I didn't play with that much swag, but if I were to play now. I think I would rock some gold cleats and take the fine because you rock the gold cleats with that helmet and you got the gold on the top. It's all about the details, baby. Yeah. It's all about the details. I, I do like that red helmet. So Atlanta Falcons, A plus. Yeah. Yeah. I think these should be their, their helmets 
period forever. Uh, it just reminds me of Deion Sanders. It reminds me of all kinds of things. I don't know if he actually wore it, but just anything throwback Falcons reminds me of Deion Sanders, and that's fine by me. Yeah, I love the red helmet. Um, no notes. Uh, A-plus, like you said. I love that one as well. Um, and I know, I, know, I know fans down here, from, from what I gather, love it as well. So that, that's a, that's a, that was a no-brainer, and they, they nailed it. The next one – the next one, I'm before I before we even start. This is by far my least favorite helmet that has been revealed, and that is the orange Chicago Bears helmet. I I am not a fan of this, and again, maybe it's partially because they are going up against the Commanders when they're bringing out their all orange jerseys. I am not a fan of this, and I am giving that a big old thumbs down before I even give you the chance, sir. Now I'm I'm gonna second that. I'm gonna echo your your F. Uh, I, I feel like they were just trying to do. T- I, frankly, I'd have left it with the maybe left it with the navy, mm-hmm. but I mean they they have such a classic look. It's almost like it's just almost like hey, you know what? Y'all don't need to change anything. But the orange helmet, not a not a fan of that one. Um, but this is the second team that's trying to roll things out against Washington. Exactly. What y'all trying to do? You I know, know. What I mean, what's the deal with that? Hey, let's, let's pick those guys. All right, y'all gonna be upset. Don't I get afraid. it. Don't, don't don't bring out the new clothes and get your stuff dirty now. That's what that what could happen. But I'm not a fan of the orange helmet. Um, I'm looking at the picture. I think it's Roquan, Roquan Smith. I feel like in his in his head he's looking like I ain't really feeling it either. But hey, exactly. I'm, here, I'm gonna take my picture and and it is what it is. It's almost too much orange. Yep. It's just too much orange for me. I think that's it too. It's nothing against the color orange, but that's just a lot of orange. It's just, it's one thing. It would have been one thing, like you said, if they kind of mixed it with their typical blue Jersey, but yeah, just not doing it for me. And you mentioned Roquan Smith. He's got a double hate. He's probably feels like he's wearing a Florida Gators thing and that's a UGA grad. So he probably Mm. double hates that. So I get it. And yeah, the commanders better not lose to that. That was my first and only tweet on that because that's just some nonsense. Um, moving on, I, I feel like we could almost group the next few together. Uh, it seems like everybody decided that their alternate was going to be a black helmet. And so the first one I'm looking at here are the New Orleans Saints, their black helmet that they're rolling out. Uh, just uh, solid black with the typical fleur-de-lis on the side, but it's got uh, small fleur-de-lis kind of going down in a mohawk down the center. What are your thoughts on uh, what they're doing in the Big Easy? I like the detail. I do like detail of the, of the fleur de lis going down that mohawk, like you just said. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I would have just loved it if they would have put it on the all-black jersey. I'm not a fan of it being with the white units. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe you know, throw a throw a, a gold jersey in there, something yeah. right? like a gold jersey, black helmet, uh, white bottom, something like that. Uh, but I can I can get behind I can get behind that 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 black helmet. I think that that one's solid. I'd give it a probably a B plus, maybe an A, maybe A minus somewhere in there. Cause I think it, it fits because they already have the black in the scheme, the detail that gives them a couple extra points. Yeah, I, I really like their all white that they I think they worn a couple times on Thanksgiving uh, with the gold helmet. And so uh, for me, I just that's one game where they're not using it. So I'm going to knock it down a little bit. I don't hate it. I, I agree with you. The the detail with the mini Florida Lees down the center um are are a nice touch but i just love that iconic gold helmet so much uh that you know it's hard for me to see them wearing anything else so it's not a bad helmet it's just the fact that 
I love what they've already got. So how about we do this? There are a few other teams that went with black helmets. Why don't we say uh, what the best black helmet is? So we got the Panthers that went with a, a black helmet. We've also got the Eagles added a black helmet. The Jets added a black helmet. Uh, the Cardinals added a black helmet. Uh, I might be missing one or two. Oh, the Commanders uh, have a black helmet as well. What are your thoughts on the on the black helmet, and maybe who did it the best out of these remaining teams? Uh, well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna at least be fair and say let's. I'll separate. I'll just talk about the Commanders helmet. I when I first saw it, the W in the front threw me off. Me too. Um, but then when they broke it down, and it has the it's a little bit of a hat tip. Uh, no pun intended to to the military the old military helmets they used to have the rank uh the symbol and the medallion right on the front of the helmet so that makes a little sense makes some sense um i think it's a solid helmet i i like that it has a story behind it um dc flag on the back is, is pretty nice um i i, I really want to see it in action because off, off on the mannequin and on uh on john allen it was kind of like hmm. mm-hmm. you know um, and and plus you gotta you gotta swag that out too. I yep. think that's one where you gotta take the fine and go all black socks, right? Just take yep. the fine, go all black socks, you know, um, and really do it right if you're gonna go all black. Um, so I, I like what Washington is doing with those. But the other black helmets, oh, what, what, let's ask you, what do you think about the Washington black? Helmet? Yeah, the the W threw me off. I do like the military aspect of it. I love the flag on the back. I like the numbers on the side. That was that. That kind of seems like a a hat. T- Again, sorry, I'm using your your phrase there, but kind of flashing back to the last couple of years as the Commanders, or I'm sorry, as the Washington Football Team with the numbers on the side. So I like that. I just I, that W is so weird. I'm just so used to the logos being on the side of the helmet, and where that is is usually like Riddell or something like. It just seems so weird right there. I kind of wish, you know, they would have put that on the back somewhere. And then maybe had a stripe down the center, uh, you know, like a burgundy and gold stripe. Um, but, you know, you're, I agree. I think with a lot of these helmets, I got to see the whole package. It's hard to, to, to gauge it based off of just the helmet sitting there, or even on a mannequin. So I'm going to hold back judgment. But my initial thoughts were I, I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those ones that's kind of like I need, I need a couple of bites to be like, yeah, let me see you know let me get a yeah. couple of bites first before i before i make my decision uh, the other the other teams black helmets i mean the panthers the black helmets there uh, i mean it goes great with their motif mm-hmm. with their color scheme um i would have liked to see a blue one probably uh put a put one of those like that carolina blue with with the all black jerseys and you can rock Ooh. that carolina blue yeah. with like the all white jersey i think they had probably one of the best uh, opportunities to like make something go um and, and you know gotta give philly some love if that if they're all black helmets is literally like like they're all black and white i think that's nice when they take away the green i think that that looks pretty good i think it'll be kind of fresh um just interested to see what what other units tie uh, tie into it mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a pass on the cardinals i think that that one was just a little quickly quickly thrown together i'm not a big fan of the cardinals i think they dipped them all in black paint because all their normal helmets are white and nothing else has changed so yeah the the cardinals were boring for me it looks like they it was like a uh, a bad louisville cardinal helmet mock-up or something like that they're they're notoriously um 
cheap organization, mm. right? Yeah, they're notoriously cheap. But I mean, they did just break the break the bank for Kyler Murray. Yeah. So maybe they didn't have any money left. <laughs> like, go, spend yeah. all the money on him. Yeah. Just just get some watercolor, man. Let's just paint the helmets black and keep it moving. They took out of the uniform budget to pay their 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 uh, quarterback there. That's one way to do business, I guess. And then I guess the last black one that I see at least is the Jets. I don't hate it, um, but, you know, it's the Jets. It's so – I don't know. It's okay. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. Yeah. It, I mean, it is what it is. It's almost in there with the um, with the Cardinals, mm-hmm. you know, where they just said, black helmet, let's put the logos back on there, and then let's just run it out there. Um, but whenever they, whenever they break them out, that's whenever we're really going to see what this looks like. All right, three more real quick. The the Cowboys look like they kind of did a tweak on their their Thanksgiving look. So they got two uh, stripes. They got two navy stripes uh, with a white stripe down the middle, a white helmet with the the blue star on the sides. What are your your thoughts on that? Take away the fact that it's Dallas. I know you played there, but take away the fact that it's the hated Cowboys. Yeah, I I, I got to say I, that's a it is a classic helmet. I like that helmet. Um, I've I've liked it, you know, whenever I was younger. I liked it getting older. I just think it's a solid helmet. Um, they don't they don't do a lot of different options. No. I mean, Dallas is going to do what they do. Jerry's not going to change up much. But I mean, I, you got to I give a give a little appreciation for that helmet there. It's just it's good. It's it's good that they're able to throw that in there and into the mix. I agree. It's kind of like the Alabama helmet. It's just the crimson and the white numbers on the side. You know, you know, you know that star. It would be weird if they did anything else to it. So don't want to give the Cowboys credit, but yeah, they it, they usually do a pretty good job with that solid um, helmet. Then the Patriots are bringing back uh, the snapping uh, pat. I don't know the exact name for it, but uh, it, it's one that uh, all football fans will know. They're they're bringing back their throwbacks. Uh, what are your thoughts on what the Patriots are doing there? I'm a fan of it. I like I like the red jerseys with that old school helmet. Um, I like that whole I like that whole fit right there. I, I give them I give them an A as well. Um, it's behind the Falcons. The Falcons lead the pack in these mm-hmm. in these jerseys. Uh, but I, I give the I give the Patriots some love for that one. That's just a it's a classic one. Even though they weren't they weren't worth a damn back then. Um, so, I mean, is it going to bring some of that old juju to the building? Who knows? But uh, I do like what New England's doing with that, with that new unit. Yeah, absolutely. You, you talked about Madden a second ago. If I ever played with the Patriots, I was always changing it back to this helmet anyway. So I, I like that a lot. Uh, I like that they're going back to it. And then the last one I see, unless there's been one added in the last few minutes, which there very well could have been, is the Houston Texans Battle Red. What is your thoughts on the uh, newest team in the NFL changing it up a little bit, going with that metallic red? Man, that that's some candy apple red. So, okay, so if you're from if you're from Houston, or you or you got any association with like Houston music, um, you think of Swisher House, and you think of you know Slim Thug and 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 DJ Screw, and they always talked about having candy paint, right, and put it on your cars and riding your slab down the road. Uh, that is giving me some candy paint vibes right there. Man. I love candy that. apple red. Um, I think it's I think it's just player. Um, I'd be really interested to see, as we've said many a times, what jersey combo you're gonna go with because they have a quite a quite a few they can rock. Um, it almost gets to the point where it'd be like, man, maybe y'all just use these red helmets like all the time. I mean, if they, 
I, I, I'm I'm superstitious. So if, if I if I were Lovey Smith and we went out there in the red helmet and we won a game, I'm rocking the red Never helmet. Taking them off. Yeah. I'm like you just gotta keep it going. You, you know got I mean? to. I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, well, so, so I will say I am higher on this than I thought I would be. Typically, I'm not a big metallic guy, but for whatever reason, I don't know if it's that the Texans are new and they don't have – no offense, it's just that they're new. They're only, what, 20 years old, so they don't have a lot of tradition. But the fact that they're, they're rolling with this and that's one of the few metallic helmets out there, I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it pops, like you said. Um, I think it's really cool, and I think that it'll look really good in Houston. And I'm with you. I don't know why you'd go back. If if you have a big game or, you know, something special happens with those bright red helmets on whatever day they bring them out, I would get rid of the blue ones altogether. So, yeah, I'm really high on those. Um, I, I really like the metallic red. I think it looks really good. Um, but I'm still, like you said, giving the tip of the cap to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they're my favorite of the the new slash old slash throwback slash alternate helmets that are out there. Yeah, I'm looking to see if the uh, Texans are playing Washington this year. I, well, you know what? They no, should, they, they are. might be right. Yeah, we're yep, yeah, they're they, playing they the are. AFC South. Oh my gosh, is yeah. this another one? Uh, you know, I don't think they've announced when. Okay, so it's actually going to be November 20th in in Houston. So. Guess there's a real good, chance, really good chance you could see those red battle red helmets uh, show up at that point. Um, so that that would be interesting to see. But you said November twentieth in Houston. Yeah. November oh, that 20th. is uh, the Washington Commanders at the Houston Texans. So I take that back. I hate the red helmets. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them. That's well, a know, jerk move. But they're also but actually that's they they play the Commanders. Then I don't know if they're gonna. Like I haven't seen anything that says that that's when they're going to release right. them. Um, that's way late in the season. Uh, if I was there, if I were them, they play the Colts week one at home, September 11th. Rock them things then. Yeah. Start the season right. Just come out with the battle red against your your uh, division opponent, your division rival, and set the tone on the season. Yeah. Well, look, look, if that, those find their way out there on November 20th, I, I, I will absolutely hate them. Right now, they're, they're okay in my book, but I, I'm sick of Washington being the homecoming game, the bring out your, your flashiest jersey game. That's not happening this season, so I'm already sick of that. Uh, so I like that. So talking about the new helmets, and of course, there'll probably be like seven or eight more that are added, so we'll, we'll kind of keep a tally as the season goes on. Speaking of jerseys real quick, I sent you an article this uh, this week, guys, obviously from last year and into this year, are changing jersey numbers. They relax the rules on single digits, so we see a guy, maybe one of the highest profile ones, is Dalvin Cook going from 33 uh, back to four, which he wore at uh, Florida State. Um, some other ones, uh, you know, just real quick, Hassan Reddick is is changing numbers. I don't I don't have the numbers in front of me, but a lot of guys are changing numbers over the last couple of years. Um, just your thoughts on as a former player on jersey numbers. I know with training camp rolling around, we're seeing a lot of funky jersey numbers. Um, you know, the Patriots always have a guy in fifty one. It's kind of the the um, the the rookie kind of welcome to the league. You wear a 51. Uh, it just, it made me think of this with training camp coming up. So what are your thoughts on, on a Jersey numbers being able to switch back to single digits? And uh, why did you pick number 13 of all numbers and, and kind of your thoughts on Jersey numbers as a whole? 
I, I frankly, I'm not a fan of the single digit thing. Okay. Um, call, call me old school. I mean, I used to, I wore one in, in high school. I wore it in college, but there was just something about the pros knowing that, um, you know, you knew what you were going to get. Um, but then when you, yeah, hell, I had 13. The, the way I got 13 was that's the number that they gave me. Okay. Uh, I came in as just a practice squad guy and, and 13 was what was on that Jersey. And I mean, really, when I went home, I looked up, I was like meaning of the number 13. Like I'm big into like symbols and numerology and things mm-hmm. of that nature. I'm not a witch or anything. I don't have any <laughs> crystals around the house. Um, I got a few plants here and there, but 13 ended up being something that I just embraced. You know, once you started to see it, everybody generally gives it a negative connotation you know like oh unlucky number 13 there's no 13 on there's no 13th row on on airplanes there's no 13th floor on most buildings um but then there's a lot of really good connotations you know uh, depending on where how you want to take it there's there's a lot of good things that are associated with 13 and it it, it's worked well for me obviously i got it on my shirt you know my little sports training uh you know business is one three you know so I've learned to own it, you know, I add up numbers and I'm like, add them up and divide them. I'm like, oh, it's 13, you know, so. It's meant to uh, be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I said, I'm, I'm a little superstitious. Um, I mean, a good friend of mine, former former Washington kicker, Graham Gano, uh, made a quick like 50K by selling number five to Kayvon Thibodeau. That's right, yeah. You know, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like, I guess what Tom Brady was complaining about it. Uh, because he's yeah. like, well, you don't know who's who, you know, you don't know who's where. And I got guys in my little Madden league, they change the numbers all the time. And I hate it. I hate <laughs> it. I absolutely hate it because it's like, who the hell is number seven in the middle of the field? Like, right. Oh, that's, that's, that's the linebacker. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not a linebacker. He's supposed yeah. to be wearing 50 something. Exactly. It's just, I- mm. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I do like, I think one looks sleek on a wide receiver, but it looks really weird on like a defensive back and like, um, like a, a, a number eight. Like I think Kyle Rudolph's just signed with the bucks as a tight end. He's going to be wearing number eight. That looks really weird. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm with it on a couple of, a couple of positions, a couple of players, but yeah, overall, uh, I kind of like the, 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 the rules and like how you knew based on a number where a guy's plays. And now it's just kind of trying to figure out where, where guys are at. And I don't know why that number eight is running around on defense. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, that is a little weird, but another guy that I, I mentioned to you before we started recording with the bucks, Julio Jones, kind of a big deal that he signed there, but the bigger deal is that he's wearing number 85, which to me looks so bad what are your thoughts on julio jones who went from 11 the iconic 11 in atlanta to two for a year in tennessee and now an 85 with the bucks i don't like it it just i hate it 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 puts a bad taste in my mouth it's almost like man it's just time to go and shut her down man i hate i hate to say that because julio jones is i mean he's gonna be a hall of famer one of the best to ever do it but it just hurts to see him not wearing that 11. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like, and yeah, obviously he wore you know different jersey number in Tennessee, but that didn't last too long. Uh, but it's it's just something like, man, like there wasn't anybody that was just going to be like, yeah, here you go. Just, you know, here, you got it. Like, just yeah. gift it to him. Shoot, who who wears 11? I think, it's, I think it's Blaine Gabbert. So, man, I mean, you better no. take that damn jersey, <laughs> man. 
Yeah, that's, a, that's how I feel too. I'm, I'm wondering if it, I'm wondering if it's a, a a training camp thing, and he finally will change it. But I was I honestly I I get so I geek out about that. So I love hearing your story about 13. But when I saw that Julio sign there, my immediate thought was, well, what jersey is he wearing? It, it's all about how you look. And, and, you know, I, I swear certain jersey numbers make you faster. And Julio's going to take a couple steps back if he stays with 85. I'm, I, I guarantee it. He's going to be slower. 85 is way slower than 11. Uh, no offense to Blaine Gabbert, a uh, former first-round pick, but you got to give that up to, to Julio. They're, they're just no questions. Out of respect. Just so you know what, hey, man, I ain't even going to charge you. You know what I mean? Just put, it, you know, put some gas in my car or something, right? Just – Hey, here you go. Just hand it over to Julio, man. There's no reason that Julio Jones should not be wearing 11. Um, I, I feel like he didn't choose 85. Yeah, that, that, that's an odd one. Because I remember, I remember so after, after I got cut from Washington, um, I went to Miami. And I've had a couple years wearing 13. Oh, when you go to Miami and 13 isn't available. There's a, there's a guy that was – pretty decent at football that played in Miami that wore yep. 13 by the name of Dan Marino. Yeah, I've heard of him. Um, so I I really I got down there and I was like what am I going to pick, you know, <laughs> and uh my 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 now wife um and she was trying to give me she's like hey, we're pick pick 87 or you know and I'm just like like I'm like nothing sounds right mm-hmm. like nothing sound right and then no, i'm not i'm not i wasn't on julio jones level to where like people around the world would associate me with a number but it was so difficult and even wearing the jersey i was just like this doesn't feel right and then when i got to cleveland nate burleson was there and nate burleson you know veteran he's been in the league a long time he wore 13 wow. so out of respect he had he was gonna wear 13 and I had 86 and it just, it just didn't feel right. No. You know, like I, I've identified with 13. I feel, you know, and I don't know. I so don't wait, know. It was tough. And what I'm hearing is Dan Marino and Nate Burleson kind of stunted your career. Had it not been for those two guys, you would have been still been playing, still been rocking number 13. So I, I have a personal vendetta against those two guys now. Damn it, Dan. <laughs> Damn it. Laces out Marino. Seriously. Uh, well, okay. All right. Enough of this. I, I, I could talk jerseys and, and helmets and stuff all day, but obviously uh, everybody's excited about training camp and we want to get to a guy who's been there. So we're going to uh, turn it over now to Pete Haley. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Thank you guys for joining us for, for this, uh, this episode. It's been a lot of fun and we'll, we'll be back with you next week. All right, folks, y'all be easy. Go ahead and get them. Uh, go give Julio some love, man. Just pat him on the back. Yeah. Take care okay. of him, man, at 85. Yeah, you won't be 85 for long, I hope. Oh, man. Y'all have a good evening. All right. Joining us now is Pete Haley from NBC Sports Washington and the Washington Football Talk podcast. Love what this guy does with JP and Mitch. He is one of my go-tos on Twitter, uh, podcasts, writing. He, he does a little bit of everything. Pete, thank you so much for joining us to talk a little training camp. Uh, thank you for that very illustrious intro, and uh, Anthony and Brian, thanks for having me on your program. Yeah, glad, glad you made it. I, I watched the uh, the little prank um, asking Cowboys fans about you know, <laughs> Mitch Tischler should get some yes. play. I thought that was a great piece. That was, yeah, that was uh, so if you guys haven't checked it out, go check that out. Yeah, have that pinned on my Twitter. Um, that's probably one of my most proud pieces of work going around FedEx Field tailgate and proving – 
to the world that many Cowboys fans have no clue what's occurring on their favorite team. And uh, it was tremendous. And the best part about that was those fans were so excited to be on TV. And they asked me after, like, when's this running? How do I see it? And I, in my head, I was like, you don't want to see it because you have no idea what you just walked into. So very good memory. Thanks for the uh, compliment there. Yeah, well, so we know you're out at training camp. You guys are burning the candle at both ends, doing a daily pod and all that. So we appreciate you joining us. And by the time this gets posted, who knows how many different things have changed. But so far, two days in, what have you seen from the team? What are some things, guys, that have stood out? I, I know it hasn't been too long since they've, they've, they've suited up for training camp. But what have you seen so far and, and what has stood out most to you? Um, I would say – like general takeaways, uh, Carson Wentz is is feeling it out still, but what's different is he is he's forcing it downfield, which is a good thing. Like with Smith and and even Fitzpatrick, who had the reputation of a gunslinger, it felt like a lot of times it was don't don't do anything crazy. Give it to JD McKissick like a four yard out route and move on. And while that's useful on Sundays, I don't know how useful that is in training camp to just like you know you can do that. Let's try some other things. So while Carson says he doesn't like to go crazy in camp. He wants to try and treat it like a game. He has been going downfield and trying to attack, and that's encouraging now. Uh, a lot of those passes are ending up in the ground or well over receiver's head because he's got to get his accuracy locked up a little bit. But um, he's trying his best, and uh, the defense has definitely been on the dominant side, and uh, the secondary especially has seemed really sticky. So um, that's probably the most overarching takeaway I can give you, and I'll probably – hold true for at least a few more practices sure yeah, that's fair enough i mean a couple usually defenses start fast anyways you know we were speaking about that before it's usually once you get to those unscripted periods that, that things kind of change up it's good to hear that he's shooting shooting the ball downfield um because that's going to make people respect it right the defenses yes. aren't going to be able to you know always know though carson's only going to throw 10 yards you know so they're going to push the ball downfield and that's a good challenge um so let's talk about – I wanted to talk about this. Since Golden, Gandy Golden, has, has decided to step away, the tight end room is extremely thin. There's like two bodies left. It's like Cole Turner and, and, and John Bates. So what, what's going on with that tight end position? What are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, Gandy Golden I don't think was going to make the team, but he had an outside shot um, and, you know, could have proven himself if he showed he could block, but that's that's no longer important. He's going back to school and good for him. So – Outside of Logan, you're right. It's thin in terms of NFL production, but it's thick in options, I guess. You have Turner. You have Bates. They have a couple undrafted guys, a guy named Hodges who is very, very tall. Um, they have a few more players there that at least round out the group. Um, Gandy Golden and Samus Reyes, of course, is still there too. Still looks a little clunky, a little uncomfortable, has a couple ugly drops, um, which I would have hoped would be out of his game. But, again, he's in year two of a sport that he just started playing. Um, but in Thomas's absence, it looks like John Bates is the primary guy, not necessarily the most fleet of foot, but really good blocker and can at least threaten you enough with the pass. Cole Turner is definitely going to be the, uh, the more pass centric player, maybe line him up like a Mike Kosecki in the slot, use him in the red zone. So, um, Gandy Golden's loss, not a huge one, but it does leave you without that maybe fourth body where Samus Reyes might have to play more, where one of these undrafted guys might have to step up. So um, it's it's not a strong group, but at least they have options, unlike maybe linebacker, which is one I'm more worried about. What makes you say that about linebacker? I know that it's a big year coming up for Jamin Davis. 
it looks like Cole Holcomb, Holcomb is really like the most established guy there and it's a bunch of question marks. What's making you say that so far? Yeah, I guess if you compare the two, and again, Logan's on pup now, but once he comes back, like he's his best is better than a Cole Holcomb or a Jamin Davis right now, linebacker. So the two positions, tight end has a higher number one. Um, maybe linebackers two, you know, option number two and Cole Holcomb is better than Bates or whatever. But for the most part, I just don't see any depth at linebacker. And this is including Jamin Davis. Like the tools are there, the first round pedigree is there, but year one he was basically invisible I you can barely remember an impactful play that he made and until he does it in the season you know whatever he shows in camp good or bad bad it's discouraging good it's like okay well that's fine but we need to see it in September and beyond so I'm just queasy-ish about linebacker now they can disguise it by having three safeties or five linemen to counteract it uh whereas tight end you got to have a tight end basically you can't just go five wide all the time but um linebacker to me I think is the position group I'm most stressed about after a couple of days out there. Do you feel like there's a, maybe a, a, a undrafted player or somebody that's under the radar that could kind of pop up in that position? Or do you think maybe Del Rio goes to more of a nickel heavy look to limit the amount of linebackers out there with St. Juice going in the slot? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say option B more so than option A. I mean, there's always the possibility of undrafted guys, right? Like, you know, Cam Sims, Steve Sims, Danny Johnson, these players, there's one or two of them every year. Um, but I would say option B, he tries to disguise it, or option C, they go out to the outside and find a veteran, and there are plenty of them still available. Um, will that veteran be a guy who's tearing it up in week one? No, because if he was, he'd be on Washington or another roster by now. But you can at least make yourself a little more of a sure thing by finding a guy who you can plug and play, a la John Bostic, like they did a few years ago. So, um, I don't see an undrafted guy in this group. I think maybe it would happen secondary, maybe in receiver slash returner role. I think for linebacker reinforcements, it's going to have to be a free agent. So speaking of undrafted guys or really unheralded guys, look into your crystal ball, the magic Pete Haley crystal ball, and tell us a player that we're not talking about right now two days in that is going to play a big part in this season for the commanders. So – it's not like the craziest stare deep into my crystal ball and totally blow your minds, but I think Derek Forrest right now at safety Love has that. done more than I thought he would defensively. Um, I thought the two safeties up top would be Curl and McCain, and then they could move Curl around. And the third safety, would it be Butler? Would it be Jeremy Reeves? Would it be Forrest? I kind of put Forrest fit in that group, and I still really like what I'm seeing out of Jeremy Reeves. And Percy Butler popped on um, Thursday with a nice pass deflection, but Derek Forrest. Fifth rounder from last year, basically the same draft spot as Percy Butler. Uh, same profile, special teams first, but big and, and likes to hit. And I think he could be somewhat of a surprise. Now we need to see it in preseason because safety is maybe the hardest spot to tell besides running back in camp in terms of who's doing well. I mean, all of them are because they're not wearing pads right now and there's no tackling, sure. period. But safeties, you need to see an angle. You need to see how they – are they getting called for grabbing or, or interference? Can they – tackle a guy when he comes down the middle and catches a pass but I really like what I'm seeing out of Derek Forrest and I think I'm going to be considering him more as a defender than just a strictly go down and tackle somebody on kick coverage uh, that's that's good insight for sure uh, I want to talk on some rookies um, obviously with with uh, Gibson out you got Brian uh, Robinson getting all the snaps with the ones how how important is that for him in your eyes uh, moving forward getting into the season 
definitely useful. And, um, you know, Robinson is someone who Ron Rivera mentioned. I asked him on the first day of practice, just what does he add? Um, and Ron was pretty open. Like normally he would be, Oh, he just extra bodies. We got to work him in. But Ron's like, yeah, he's going to be our inside runner. Gibson is more elusive on the outside. And that felt like a pretty big declaration there on day one. So I think it's, I'm, stuck on this because I love what Antonio Gibson can do. I know maybe he's not the most popular player amongst fans because of his fumbling issue, or maybe, you know, you're a fantasy player and you draft him in the second round and you expect these crazy numbers as an ex receiver and he just doesn't do it for you. Um, but I think Robinson is going to get a chunk of this workload and it's going to be a traditional, you know, Peyton Barber role, but with more explosion because he's faster and stronger and quicker than Barber. And I think he's got a little more receiving chops than I thought, just based on what you hear about him coming out of Alabama. So the guy's an impressive rookie, and I could see him lighting it up in the preseason and, and really carving into Gibson's spot. No fault of Gibson necessarily, but just because they clearly like him, they took Robinson in the third round. Yeah, I was thinking that with Robinson getting these – these are really important reps, especially if you need him to pass pro, you need him to actually play. Yeah. It's It's – it's kind of helpful that Gibson isn't there. And then having had hamstring issues before it, you really don't want to rush back out there. You don't have to. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, freak out about Gibson being out personally. I think it's more of a pump the brakes, let this young guy get some reps and he can get comfortable in the fold. Cause you don't want his uh, week one going up against the Jags and seeing a, an exotic blitz being his first time to see some action like yes. that. Get him action now. He's young. He's got a whole bunch of tread left on those tires. Definitely, yeah. I think I think the pass blocking always seems to be uh, that that last barrier for a young running back to play. If they can trust J.D. McKissick back there, Chris Thompson was really good at it. Uh, if Robinson can prove that, that's that's huge to coaches. I mean, because we everybody in Washington knows what happens when a running back doesn't pick up a blitz. It's what happened on the Alex Smith tragedy, basically. So. Um, it was something he was struggling with at minicamp and OTAs. Coaches were pulling him aside a bit, giving him some basic pointers. And when the pads come on probably next week and preseason happens, that'll be a spot to watch number eight. But uh, the running stuff and the moving the ball forward, he's got that pretty pretty tight already. All right. Does, does he? Does, I'm gonna jump in with one more. Yeah. Does he yeah. jump? Does he work with the? Do you see him working with the O line often? Like just kind of getting an understanding of like, hey, you know, I've seen old linemen they'll slap their hip to say, hey, I'm I'm doing this, and the back can kind of understand this is where I have to go. Do you see him getting extra work like that? Um, I haven't necessarily seen that, but that's like a really cool specific nugget from you as someone who'd be a lot more experienced in that. So I'll I'll definitely start monitoring that uh, in the future. But I know that the running backs and linemen they often talk about getting together more on cuts and. How did you see that? Why did you go this way? But uh, I, Robinson, if we get him to the podium or get him off to the side, that's a that's a good question to ask. So I will. Uh, I'm definitely going to steal that from you and probably not give you any credit, but maybe maybe I will. Just kidding. It was your idea. I'll, uh, if, <laughs> if I get the nugget for our podcast, I'll say Anthony Armstrong told me to look this way on the Believing so, Commanders podcast. Please, definitely. by the way, quick. Pop. I got you. Uh, uh, one one last one. I know that's what you're keeping track of. Curtis Samuel. Are you feeling optimistic? Is this a ticking time bomb to where he's on the side field all season? How do you feel? Dude, I want so badly to move on. I know everybody does. And I want so badly to, you know, commit to Curtis. Mm -hmm. But I think he's just got to – he's got weeks left until he can get the trust of people back. Like the first two days of camp, 
He's looked great. He made Benjamin St. Juice basically fall over on Thursday with this ridiculous step back cut that I've never even really seen a receiver do before. Um, So he's got top notch ability and something this offense badly needs, but I just have been burnt too many times, both last year. Oh, look, he's back. It's fine. And then he pulls up lane or in minicamp guys, he's two days in a row. This is good. In six months he's rested up and then he's out because of general soreness. So I'm going to try and hold back my excitement. But the man sure knows how to get people fired up by uh, getting the ball in his hands and doing something special. Yeah, awesome. excited to see him uh, out there. We talked to Taylor Heineke a couple weeks ago, and he said, you know, he mentioned him. It just it just shows the versatility that this offense has the capability of having if everybody's out there. But, uh, Pete, we really appreciate you joining us for a few minutes. We know that you're busy being out there all day doing daily pods on the Washington Football Talk podcast, uh, blogging. So thank you for taking a few minutes out of your time uh, on this busy week, this start to training camp, to, to talk with us. Not a problem. I'm glad we could uh, get it done. Good job pursuing in the DMs, and I'm glad we uh, finally found a night that works, and I uh, appreciate you guys having me. And sure, we can do it again. I'll probably have to have about nine more DMs with you about let's do this night. Nope, sorry, too busy. But eventually, I'll be happy to return. Hey, it just shows that sliding in the DMs works every it's, now it's, and then. It's a cliche at this point, but every once in a while, it works. Cliches are cliche because they're true. Yep. You got to shoot your shot, man. That's right. <laughs> like Carson Wentz, man. Just shoot your <laughs> shot. Eventually, someone's going to catch one. Absolutely. Love it. Thanks so much, Pete. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.